filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a real treat for you today. Our buddy Dan O'Brien joins us from, Philib- uh, from Philadelphia for the filibuster freestyle. Tough to say, but easy to have him back. How are you, Dan? Woo! I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourselves? We're doing well. Cindy Harrington in the podcast booth as well. We took a day off yesterday, not from kitchen quarantine, of course, which has become an unfortunate Friday tradition. Day 49 for Jeremy out in California with a toddler. Every Friday? We've been doing it every Friday. We have a special okay. section on the filibusterfreestyle.com website, which is kitchen quarantine pods. We've done six in a row um, for every week that he's been in quarantine with his family. <laughs> I, all the days run together. I'm not sure I even realized it was just every Friday. Yeah, and so we've done some double. Like Cindy and I have done some double headers these past few Fridays, but we decided we decided to give the 30 day song challenge podcast streak a break yesterday and do two today on a sunny Saturday. And once we came up with the day 25 kind of wrinkle of choosing Eddie Money, you became a really natural person for us to choose to be our guest tonight because you and I did a podcast about Eddie Money and his greatness not one year ago. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's, we'll start with this. You would ask me on the brief pre-show, how did Cindy and I come up with Eddie Money today? Great question. So as people who have been following our challenge know, I am down, what, three or four? Three, I think. I'm down three now after winning last night. Spoiler alert, I won last night. We'll get into day 24 in a bit. But Congratulations. I, but I was down four with like seven days to go. So I, now I'm down three. I've got to find ways. Clearly, Cindy is picking superior choices Naturally. than I am. Naturally. So what we're doing now is putting restrictor plates on when we can to at least limit her dominance to get to hopefully the 28th or 9th or 30th day with this thing not wrapped up yet. Because her magic number is like two. So oh, okay. so today I woke up and I'm like, dead people, dead people, dead people, Haley Joe Osmond style, of course. And um, I said, you know, if we eliminate Take Me Home Tonight from Eddie Money's catalog, you can go in like four or five different directions as what his like second best song might be. And of course, the judge would probably not be too jaundiced on any of those secondary or tertiary picks. Because everybody, when they think of Eddie Money, thinks of Take Me Home Tonight. So that's why how as we got they here. Should. As they should. Yes. Correct. So that's how we got here. Um, and also, there's not any irony lost on the fact that, and you may or may not have heard this this month, Dan, but right before Drilling Threes reunited for the first time in four and a half years at our wedding, you were there. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the lovely gift and the lovely accompaniment of being there with us. Mm. Right before the band played... Apparently, Take Me Home Tonight was on like by the, the DJ, and we pulled it midstream, and it's been chronicled. <laughs> and it sucks. And it sucks. So anyway, here we are, double. the talk of the ride back from all, the whole Philadelphia contingent. As it should have been. Great wedding, but. But. Did you remember they cut short Take Me Home Tonight? Unbelievable, Dan. Unbelievable. Yeah. It kind of soured the entire night for me. And <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. At least, yeah. least half the guests. Well, let's look at everything that's happened since that happened. We're in a pandemic. Uh, <laughs> anyway. It's still high on the list. It's about to be a meat shortage, and it's all because I, I ruined the reception, and that's okay. You don't, I think everybody knows it's like the Babe Ruth curse. You don't trade Babe Ruth. 
you don't cut off take me home tonight halfway through at a wedding reception mm-hmm. or you end up in a pandemic. You end up in a pandemic. Yeah. I didn't make these rules, guys. I'm just trying to guide myself through them. Yeah, yeah. that's right. In hindsight being like what it is, <laughs> this is the world we're living in. Day 50 quarantine. Jeremy's out in California making his toddler dinner again. You know, it's like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day. Here we go again. Yeah. And we'll get into some of maybe your pandemic experiences, too, in the Philadelphia region. I did see a lovely tweet from you from earlier today that if you're in Philadelphia and you're not hearing Summertime by DJ Jetsy Jeff and the Fresh Prince you know, it's not a nice day out. That's how you know it's a nice day. Whether it's a nice day or not, you open up your window, and if in the first 60 seconds you haven't heard a car driving by playing summertime in Philadelphia, then it's not a nice day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't even bother making plans for that picnic. Yeah, just stay inside. Got it. So, number one, um, I want to save your counterpoint about um, Eddie Money for a little bit. So, we we ruled out Take Me Home Tonight to make it fair. Um, Good. There are three songs I definitely want to discuss. Cindy's pick, my pick, and then the song Shaken, which you and I have chronicled as being, in my opinion, a really dynamic performance by the Money Man. Are you still in on Shaken? I, uh, yeah, I have a lot to say and a lot of... <laughs> That's why we hired mixed, you. Mixed, I, I, I'm having a con- an internal conflict because you said that we had this podcast less than a year ago. If you had said we had the Eddie Money podcast three months ago or 18 months ago, I would have shook my head and said, yeah, sure. I have no idea how long that was ago. Yep. Um, it, it was less than a year, you said? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, I still enjoy Eddie Money. He is still, uh, you know, well-regarded. Take Me Home Tonight is still an all-time banger and will be till the day we all die. Which could uh, be next Tuesday. It could be a million years from now. We don't know. Exactly. That, it's just a great song. Whatever. <laughs> um Shaking, Shaken, number two, is still also a very good song. It still rocks. Yes. And having re-listened to a few things in preparation for this pod, um, there is such a deep cliff dive after (laughs) Shaking on Eddie Money songs. Um, There's, you know, there's a couple more that we all know about. And I... We vamped for an hour on Eddie Money. We did. Less than a year ago. Uh, the greatness of Eddie Money, the un- how he's underappreciated. And I am completely doing a 180 and saying, Eddie Money, I'm not going to say he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say he is at best properly appreciated, maybe overly appreciated. Uh, and I'm not, I don't, I don't know why I'm t- doing such a, a, a turnaround, but. That's how I was feeling today. Maybe it's the pandemic. Um, who knows? Maybe I, I can't say. Maybe there was a little bit of recency bias when he passed of trying to celebrate a guy with like three and a half great songs for being a great artist. Yeah, it, that, that could have been it because I'm that guy who like every time an artist passes, I go through their catalog and I'm and I, you know, I reappreciate their stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's great to, you know, just uh, who is that guy? The songwriter John Prine died. Last mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Well, I knew a handful of his songs, and I, I was he was always on the outside radar. But then you do a deep dive, and you reappreciate. You're like, oh man, yeah, that was a talent. That was great. Maybe in six months, I'm going to be saying John Prime was a hack. I don't know. <laughs> right now, I, I appreciate him was great. Uh, I'm still I'm still in basking in the glow of like Prince and David Bowie dying a few years ago. Well, but those are like legitimate rock yeah. and roll hall of famers, yeah. yeah. 
and so I did the deep dive in Eddie Money, and maybe it was just right after he died, and I was feeling emotional. Yeah. Uh, nostalgic. Nostalgic. Now, not so much. And also, it could have been because I was forced to listen to the entire four minutes and 45 seconds of Cindy Cindy's selection. Uh, <laughs> I had never listened to that full song in it, end to end. And holy cow, <laughs> that's a brutal song. <laughs> Well, in fairness to Cindy, and I'll let her defend her choice of Walk on Water by Eddie Money, which is a later in his, in like, again, Eddie kept playing, he released an album like the day he died, like literally yeah. last year in 2019, he released an album, N- nobody probably checked it out, but when Eddie Point Money, good reason. correct, correct, <laughs> when Eddie was still Eddie and still trying to be Eddie, his like last commercially relevant, and dare I say it was really hanging on by a thread by that point was Walk on Water. And there's a reason why he didn't get a chance after that, probably, to shop his wares again on the national stage. But, Cindy, you are a bit younger than Dan and I. Um, mm-hmm. You were a bit, probably a bit more impressionable in 1980-whatever than we were. Being, We were probably really into Poison, and you were probably enjoying the sultry sounds of Eddie Money. So I'm not going to hold it against you, but picking that song, where were you coming from, what are you thinking now that Dan, the guy who did a whole hour on Eddie Money's Greatness with me, has just just said that their four and a half minutes of that song has really caused him to do this nosedive. I know, four and I forty five seconds, which is <laughs> one minute longer than "Take Me Home Tonight." I checked it out. Oh wow, that's a problem, Dan. You yeah. liked that song on the last pod, though. No, I feel I like did not like "Walk on Water." Oh, you I, did? I did. I did. I like Maybe that. I, I do like that did. song. Yeah. I do. Oh. However, I haven't listened to it start to front in a long time. I'll say picking Walk on Water as your Eddie Money representative song, given that, you know, Take Me Home Tonight's out of the mix, I I appreciate that. It's as if it's like going into a a Van Halen contest and picking a Gary Sharon song. (laughs) From from Extreme. Wow. From Extreme. Well. Yeah. Boston Zone. Boston Zone. (laughs) Really? I didn't know that. Cindy found that same thing out about two weeks ago. And she's from Boston, so Roscoe P. and I gave her the business, but... I'm just getting trampled all over these podcasts. Welcome to the co-host life. (laughs) Um, Explain yourself, Cindy. I know. Jeez. Well, I feel like I discovered Walk on Water in college. I'd obviously known Take Me Home Tonight. It plays on the radio here. And I think I was known for making a lot of playlists and like burning a lot of CDs in college. And I think I just did like a CD of B-side songs from artists. And I think that was one of the songs I likely put on. And I just, I don't know. I like any song with like a na-na-na-na-na. Oh, you're a big sucker for the na-na-na-na. I love it. I buy in every time. And so, yeah, that was, I also was very close to choosing Baby Hold On. Mm. Because I do really like that song as well. And I think. Certainly that holds up a lot better, but... And that's one of his three and a half good songs. Yes, yeah. exactly. But Walk on Water, I, yeah, it has some nostalgia to me. It reminds me of those those creative times in college when I wasn't doing my actual schoolwork. So, yeah. That's fascinating to me because I was under the assumption that this was like either A, maybe an ironic choice, or B, like I'm trying extra hard to not like... Go go chalk and like go yeah. off the reservation with like a different choice. Right. But you actually used to like this song. I did. I did. And put it on mixtapes. Uh huh. CDs. Wow. CDs. <laughs> Mix CDs. Yeah. Mix CDs. Sure. Wow. 
So, so um, what's I, mean, I appreciate? I, I think I respect that more. But oh, good. It's slightly more sad. Okay. Well, <laughs> can't win them all. Can't win them all. So what I'll say, Dan, is you're clearly just by default going to give me the edge, which means that when our judge judges tonight, I'm probably going to lose again. Um, so I went with two tickets to paradise, which again, certainly one of his three and a half good socks. Yeah, it's a fun, that is, and I, I re, I was in the car and then you told me, you're like, Hey, we're going to, this is the pod. So I re-listened to both of these songs or I, I re-listened to two tickets to paradise. And then I, for the first time in the history of my life was <laughs> on water from beginning to end. Um, and two tickets to paradise is fine. It's a fine song. And I, I don't want to take anything away from him because he wrote it. Um, and it was, it, it, I think there's a little, we've, it's just always been in the ether. We've always heard that song from the time we were three years old, whether right. it be on pop radio, classic rock, it's just always been around. Right. So there's, you know, you get tired of it, but it's a, <laughs> it's a good song. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but fine is exponentially better than Cindy's choice. <laughs> um, so fine wins the day in my opinion. Um, All we're going for, you know, you pick you, you pick a mediocre artist who's dead. You both make a choice. You take out his biggest hit, and that gives a, ch- a chump like me a chance to win today and get back in this thing. Hopefully, yeah. But why not? I have a question for both of you. Why not shaken? Like, is it, that's a great. It, it, like, it is a very good song, and it is still slightly underappreciated. You could say Two Tickets to Paradise" is probably a more famous song. Yeah, that's why I went with that one for me. Bring uh, a baby, hold on to me. And I think for Cindy, I think that you just went with your 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 choice of a jam. Yeah, yeah. Cindy. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. But see, here's the problem. Cindy went to college with a judge, which means the judge might be like, oh, I remember that, I remember that fondly. And maybe she just munts at us. <laughs> Listen, I am and that's why she's up three. If Cindy wins today. I'm, I agree with, for the most part, all how it's all shaken out so far. I agree. And Cindy should be leading. That's fine. And Gavin might come back. But... Thank you, Dan. If Cindy wins today for this specific challenge, I'm calling shenanigans. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the other thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to paint the judgments into a corner in which I can defend that I was I was schnookered. <laughs> okay. I well, would this like, is a good way of doing it. I would like to state that Gavin was the one that pushed for a judge and then pushed for my friend to be the judge. I made no such comment, so no. he was really the deciding factor on this. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and debate the past. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how many people in the country know that "Walk on Water" is even a song. <laughs> I wasn't aware. I would agree with that. I would agree with it that. It was a real deep cut. Yeah, this is post. Like I know after '86. This is after 1986. Ready, money, right? So this is in the '90s. No, I think it's like late '80s. Like yeah, I think, yeah. Like when you really started yeah, to tail off in '88. Yeah, and it did do great. But Cindy loved it. Um, and maybe the judge today. You never know. It's just not a song that people know about, and nor should they after my <laughs> first listen. That's great. It's the only time in the history of driving that the Waze app interrupted the song, and I was like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard take. That is. <laughs> Stick that on a bumper sticker. That's great. Oh, man, that's great. Um, all right, so let's. Do you have any? And again, this was not a question you were asked to do. Would you have gone with the deceased artist today, other than Eddie Money? And if so, can you name them, or are you not prepared to do that? No, I wouldn't have gone. 
obviously, for whatever reason, I'm down on any money tonight. Yeah. So, oh, you know what? The other thing is, is that take me home tonight. He didn't write. Yes, Ronnie Spector and the others. Yeah, mm, that's yeah, right. Phil Spector. Uh, Sorry, Phil Spector. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Phil Spector. Um, so that takes a little bit of the shine off of Eddie. Like he just got this gift, this gifted gem. Yes. And he killed it. He knocked it out of the park. I mean, forever, absolutely. But then, yeah, like he wrote a bunch of like, like middling uh, rock songs, early '80s rock songs mm-hmm. or late '70s rock songs, and, and some were better than others. And that this outlier is taking me home tonight, and he had nothing to do with the creation of that. This, you know, why am I here burying Eddie Money? He's fine. He's already been. He's buried. He's been buried. Yeah. He's good. Anyway, um, so deceased artists, like I feel like you could have done. Eddie Money is such a shallow catalog. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. That was that was by design. Was yeah. I mean, if you go Prince, it would just go all day. And you guys, yeah. you you covered Prince millions of times already in this one challenge. True. Um, as you should. He's a, he's probably he was a hell of an artist. Yeah, um, yeah. Like even like if you did like a Bowie, that would be interesting. Bowie could have been fun. Bowie could have been really fun because there's a and, lot there. You, you, I could see like if Cindy wanted to be uh, coming from left field and pull out uh, Bowie had a good album right before he died. Yes. Yeah. You know, and you could pull out a song or two from there that would be competitive with some of his old work. Definitely. Um, and, it, and it's all it's a it's more extent that would have been interesting yeah um, maybe maybe a day day 30 I don't know you never know there's a couple of fun ones left I've got a really good choice for day 30 uh, oh yeah you do <laughs> it's gonna be great when it when no matter what the score is I'm gonna win that day and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun so okay all right I'm looking forward to hearing about that yeah mm-hmm. I also know that you were very torn on the day that I picked Eric prize um and what did you pick? And you beat me. I picked Colin. Robin, me. right? Robin, yeah. Me. And it was just a death match, right? Like that's right in the Dob wheelhouse, right there. there there's. There, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a good dancer. And you know, after maybe a couple of cocktails, maybe it'll get get me out there, but it's not going to look good. Uh, nobody's going to enjoy watching it. But the, there's really been two or there's been three songs in my life that have been like. When they came, came come on, you like stop your conversation, look over the dance floor, like I, I gotta go. I've got happy feet. I got to get out there. I got to feel, and I don't get that feeling at all, ever. Yes. And it's like in the '90s, it was uh, Daft Punk one more time. Nice, nice. Late, you know, that was it. That, that was my jam. Uh, in the 2000s, it was Call on Me, Eric Pride. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that that I used to play. I used to pay the DJ at bars in Jordan. Three wow. years after, to be, I'd give them five dinar of my hard-earned money to be like, could you play the seven-minute version of Eric Price? Yes, that's the best version. Three-and-a-half-minute version. Give me the long build-up. I don't care if everybody else leaves the dance floor. Uh, and then the last ten years has been Robin, like, dancing on my own. Oh, it's wow. My favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your daughter's favorite song? It's my daughter's favorite song. Wow. But, like, it's Good just taste. A, it's a banger. Yeah. Oh my God! It's and another one that will be for time. It'll be timeless. That song yeah. is going to have legs till we die. It's great. Yep. Um, and I feel like Robin has a lot of good songs. Oh, Robin has so many good songs. By the way, I feel like she has albums left in her. Oh, hundred percent. 
Yeah. yeah. She's still. I look forward to them. Yeah, Robin's still doing it. Like, Robin is not Eddie Money. Like, Robin's got, like, hits from 20 years ago, hits from 10 years ago, hits from last year, and she's going to keep making hits. And again, sorry, Eddie, but for those of you who are feeling sad, go back into the filibuster freestyle lexicon, and you'll find a whole hour of Dan and I waxing poetic about the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what we call the other side of the coin. We're malleable. We all make mistakes. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm even correct today. I might have been correct 12 months ago when we had this conversation. Sure. This is just how we feel today. Absolutely. Robin, we I could do it today. I could do an hour podcast about Robin Same. because I missed the boat on Robin originally. Me too. Ooh. Remember her first Show Me Love was her first radio hit in the US. Yeah, her first iteration was like TRL, Robin. It was like, day, yep. like whatever. And that wasn't my scene at the time. So I just sort of dismissed. And when she came out with her next albums, which were totally different and awesome, right. I was dismissive and didn't even listen to them until years later, like two, two, three years later. Yeah, you know what's a sneaky good Robin song? is like Hang With Me. I don't know if you know Hang With Me or not. Yes. Sneaky and good. So the, the uh, my favorite, arguably my favorite Robin, Robin song, which is, of course, what the attention of this podcast was. To Definitely, talk about. Cindy's here for um, Well, is you know the both the video and the song for "Call Your Girlfriend." Ugh. so good. The one cut video of "Call Your Girlfriend," her just dancing in an empty gym. Unbelievable! It's so good, and like, have have you seen that parody that Taryn Killam from Saturday Night Live did? Like no. mirror, it's like. They have her video playing in the background, and he, like, mirror image copies the entire thing, and it's wearing this, like, fluffy pink coat like she like is. It's, uh, it's worth a look. It's pretty and entertaining. sneaker heels? Um, I don't know that he has, like, the big sneaker heels on, but he's it's pretty well done. All right. It'll, check that out. It will give you a look. I would actually say that I think Call Your Girlfriend is her best. Like, to me, that's her biggest banger. Such a jam. It's so, like it's so good. I, the, the video compact. Yeah, the whole the whole package, like the whole presentation. I think "Call Your Girlfriend" appeals to her male audience a bit more than um, "Dancing on My Own." Sure. I think that's. I think like it's a more widespread hit because it's like a little bit more appealing that way. Yeah. Well, it's just a jam. Yeah. Really. I do. I feel like most guys like "Call Your Girlfriend." That's like a bigger hit. I consider myself a feminist, but I think that I think that uh, dancing on my own was the would be the more appealing one. Yeah, I don't know. Just from what I've certainly, I mean, the best part is uh, again, like experiment. Robin, like you said, Robin just keeps getting better with age, and 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 the jury, uh-huh. the jury is never out on her. Like it's always just getting stronger. The case is always getting stronger. Other artists, obviously, it, it fluctuates more on a year-to-year basis. You know? And Dancing on My Own is, like, from one perspective, and it's said that Call Your Girlfriend is from the other perspective about the same situation. Which is Just to fantastic. blow your mind a little bit oh, more. Bookends. Yeah, bookends. yeah, 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 yeah. So essentially, the, 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 the male, if you will, in the song, because maybe, maybe it's not a male, but there's a girl who's, you know, getting left and there's a girl who's a new girlfriend or, or whatever, love interest, and then there's someone in the middle. And so yep. the song's basically, yeah, about the same situation. Yeah. Robin is both deep and relatable at the same time. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, Robin's exactly. doing exactly what needs to be done from every angle. Yeah, we all need some Robin. Guys, listeners, do a deep dive. All you, all our French fans, listen to Robin. I'm sure you guys know. Oh, listen, the Robin. French people are like, second blue, we know Robin. Exactly. Well, I, I apologize for being so late to the game. 
Yeah, well, that's a, that's a typical American move by us to get into Robin late. The important thing is that you got there. We got there. We got there. So Also, to our French listeners, uh, you can skip any money. Fair. 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 Yeah. Particularly uh, walk on water, apparently. Fair. Definitely don't start. Do not start with walk on water. Um, maybe end with it. So really quickly, let's make sure we recap yesterday's action. Dan, please stick around while we do this. So yesterday was a song by a group that is no longer together, which is actually tougher to do than you would think because there are so many iterations of like retread versions of bands where they either run out of money and they start touring again or, you know, but the, but the guy who sounds like Steve Perry is out there pretending to be Steve Perry for Journey. So we really wanted to be true to the choice and that the band doesn't play anymore, right? Well, the band in its entirety doesn't play Right, like anymore. the real lineup. Like yeah. the real lineup that, that made you love them in the first place. Yeah. So who'd you go with again? I um, went with Fall to Pieces. Oh, yeah, Velvet Revolver. By Velvet Revolver. Oh, Which okay. Scott Weiland was the front man of that, so... We're not bringing that back. That's not coming back. So one of the reasons Cindy did it was because she wanted to go Blink-182 but felt too confident that she would win, and so she threw me a bone with Velvet Revolver. <laughs> okay, well, I'll wait. Well, what did you choose? <laughs> I chose Survivor by Destiny's Child, and I won. Give me a minute. I know this isn't good podcasting, but let me think about this. <laughs> Yeah, you. I, I would love to know how you would score this, because I honestly, it's a, like it wasn't close for the judge, but it would have been really close for me. I probably actually would have gone with Velvet Revolver. But. Well, sure. I mean, it's all subjective, a little, right? I wish, or a lot. Yeah, no. The Vel- Velvet Revolver is a ex- was an excellent band. Scott Weiland is like one of those front men who an all time front man yeah. for a rock band. Oh yeah. But I feel like it is. In a sector, it's only for a certain sector of people. Correct. Yeah. They only you know, connect with, and that sector happens to probably be the three of us. Like we were, I got it. I was into it. Whatever. But Survivor by Destiny's Child was like the entire. Every my mom knew that song. Right. It was yeah. a song of the summer. If even if it wasn't, it basically was. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that band. Everybody knew that song. Um, and maybe we might have had a more personal connection with Velvet Revolver and Scott Weiland. And, but I think that's the right decision. And, Cindy, if it helps in hindsight, I feel like Destiny's Child would have won over Blink-182. Yeah, I, I do, too. I just wanted to, like, doubly make sure. Just yeah, because I... Blink-182, keep that in your pocket for the next I, You know, I said that. I said I might just keep that... Keep that hanging. She's got that one in her back pocket. Yeah. I mean, damn it, my Blink-182 still bangs. If I play oh. that right now, it's still great. I'll tell you what. I mean, again, it's it's not very often that a band can, like, start doing punk again and make it sound new and refreshing. But they did. Yeah. They kind of made, like, the emo punk thing happen. Yeah. Them and Green Day. Yeah, Green Day actually holds up. Like Green Day still holds up. New punk, new wave punk. Very, I would say cleaner punk, maybe. They sort of... Yeah. Pop, yeah, a little more polished. Definitely polished. More melodic. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But yeah, Green Day and, and... I'll tell you what. I went to a lot of concerts in 1997 through 1999, and those two bands were at all of them. 
all the favorite, <laughs> all the festivals, all the whatever. And they're both they were both were excellent live. People really enjoyed it. I yeah. mean, and their songs, like you said, they still hold up. I don't listen to SR seventy one as much. And of course, they were an absolute Blink one eighty two ripoff band that, that came out. I, on the, I don't even know what those right, are. but that's kind of one of those ones where it's like. Oh, this music's cool now. Let's have six more bands like them and see if we can crank out a few more hits. And so, you know, Blink-182, Green Day were the real deal versions of that kind of music. And so I respect that. Oh, like, uh, and then they had the, the, like, Alien Ant Farm and then yeah. Sum 41. And mm. all yeah, so SR-71 was a poor man Sum 41. That's the best way to sum that up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Got. Ooh, that's very. Cool. I think yeah, they sang that song. Why? <laughs> why are you gonna kick me when I'm high? It was on. The, it was on one of those teen movie soundtrack movies. Yeah. Uh, you, of like, course it was. One, yeah. I, we've we've gone off off course. No, we're doing great. So anyway, so to to, to let people know, Sydney lost yesterday, pretty much on purpose to Survivor right, by Destiny's rightfully, Child. Rightfully. And then and to, Destiny's Child is a very good pull. Yeah. yeah. And then today, I mean, here's how good Destiny's Child is. When you go to put a GIF on for, like, your GIF work, <laughs> there's not only a zillion Beyonce ones, but there's a Kelly Rowland one or two. I mean, Michelle Williams doesn't have any, but, you know, as Cindy said, she doesn't matter. Rude. <laughs> to you knowing the third member. <laughs> Her name might be Michelle Williams. I'm pretty sure it, it is. is. It okay, is. good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. And Here's there the, was a fourth member. Well, that was what I was gonna say. Yeah. The worst. The worst part is that there were definitely a point where there was four of them, and like three different fourth ones got cycled through, and so Michelle became the third most important one, not because she was the third best, because she got along with the other two the best. I mean, clearly, not that she's not talented, but she was a glue guy. You know, she was like Steve Kerr, not Dennis Rodman, if you know what I mean. I was, I was going to say, we've all been watching The Last Dance. I was going to say. Well, we've all been doing that, too. Hey, Dan, we'll let you go. We'll let you go. But as a Sixers fan, as a guy who, like myself, as a Celtics fan during the Bulls run when the Celtics were just out of it, what are your thoughts on The Last Dance and on the Bulls nostalgia? I certainly I, I welcome it during pandemic times. But in general, how do you feel? How do you enjoy it? I think it's amazing to hear Michael Jordan talk fairly candidly, even though he knows he's in a safe place because he's controlling the narrative of the documentary. He has like final edit. Yeah. But it's, he just doesn't talk. We haven't heard him talk. He barely talked during his career outside of just very canned interviews. Um, so to hear him curse and talk about how much he actually does hate the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas and talk about, yeah, you know, all, all the, the pros and cons of that 90s era is really refreshing and make it humanizes Michael Jordan a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, provides a little context because like all we all we know about him is the, the greatest basketball player I ever saw. And then is the baseball thing. It's like a couple weird controversies. His dad was murdered. And that's strange. Yeah. Very strange. His podcast. His dad was uh, murdered. Yeah. His dad was murdered. Well, I'll tell you offline, but it's a hell of a story. Okay. I look yeah. forward to it, kind of. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Um, and I have some theories, but I won't get into them now. Again, another uh, pot, perhaps. <laughs> Anywho. you got to write these ideas uh, down. Yeah. But, like, uh, while the Celtics were bad in the 90s. Right? Yes. They were, they were very bad. The whole 90s. The Sixers were slightly above average in the mm-hmm. 90s, but it also made it stink because you knew you never had a chance. You're like, oh, great, you'll get to the playoffs. But you'll never, you never have a chance because you're playing against the Bulls, right? Who are unbelievable, and just to have the access and to, to Pippen and Jackson and and Jordan, it's been fantastic. And it's like we were all immersed in Tiger King, yeah. In this pandemic, yes, we were. Rightfully so. It was it pulled you in. 
um, but you all you felt a little dirty after you watched it. Yes. You felt, you, you felt guilty and like this. These people are kind of not not a good them. human in that entire thing. Maybe except for the girl yeah. who got her hand bit off, or you know, Saf. Yeah, and I'm not saying the, the '90s bulls were good people, but it's just like I, this is more interesting, and it's I don't feel uh, I, I don't feel guilty after watching it. Like I'm actually learning some stuff about people. I find. And the '90s were formative years for all of us, you know. Very much so. I had Jordan posters in my room. Right. What was and really so, interesting about the Jordan thing is it takes you back to like. I was really into the Bulls and into Jordan. And again, like when you're that age of a kid, you're just going to like whoever the best guy is at something, yeah. regardless of where he's from, who he plays for, whatever. And especially back then when you didn't have any access to them, no social media, they were just very mysterious in a good way. The mystique was, was huge. Hey, does your son get into it? I know he likes sports. Does he get into it with you or no? He hasn't, he hasn't watched, no, he doesn't get into the, the documentary just because he has no frame of reference for Michael Jordan. He knows yeah. that he was a great player. Yeah. So like, you know, he, he knows LeBron James or whatever. Sure. Also, lots of cursing in the doc. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like, Not for a kid, but great. Bombs, which is cool, but I, it takes me back. I'm like, I remember I saw like, Sipowitz's left butt cheek from yeah. NYPD Blue back <laughs> on, the day. AB, on ABC. Crazy. Or they said like ASS, and people were like, "Oh my god, this is crazy on network TV." And now like, like there's multiple f words dropped on ESPN, and people are like, "Yeah." ESPN's like, "There's a pandemic. Nobody cares." I mean, yeah, again, well, aliens all changing our morals. The Pentagon was like, "There's aliens," and we were like, "Yeah, we don't care. We're watching the right. Bulls swear." Speaking of Blink One Eighty Two, yeah, yeah, Tom DeLonge mm. take a victory lap for sure. Seriously, Blink One Eighty Two bassist and singer. Tom DeLonge. Yep, you were right. We were wrong. Cindy, what's tomorrow's topic? And then we'll let get Dan get back to his yeah. to his life. Um, but let's let people know. All right. Well, day twenty six is a song that makes you want to fall in love. Way oh, hey, call hey. your girlfriend. Fucking <laughs> knocking the boots. <laughs> I'll tell you, there are some nineties. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even call them boy bands, but R and B, sultry sound type bands that we've got That's some such really a good category. Oh, it's, it's a really good one. Good. You, could go any, you could go like '60s country. You could go '90s R and B. You could go like it's so good. Yeah. Endless. As we it's said endless. a few times, there are three things that people write songs about most of the time. One of them is drugs and alcohol. Yep. The other one's a broken heart, and the other one's falling in love. And this is that time. Such a good category. Now, all right, so assuming, assuming Gavin wins today, Uh what's the count going to be with four days left? I'll be down two. Yeah. With four days left. Well, technically five because tomorrow will be the – right? Okay. Well, no, it's four days left because we tied Uh, one day. Oh, yeah, we tied one day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're down to so that's the well, arguably maybe as long as this judge is on the up and up and has ears, uh, <laughs> Gavin should win. True. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't believe you didn't choose something people knew outside <laughs> of you and your dormant. <laughs> I can't believe. It. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so I think I'm excited for the la- how these last four days pull out. I feel like it could be interesting. This yeah. could get wild. And that's like the whole point was like, can we go into the last week within striking distance so we can have a little fun here, you know? Right. Do you, do you guys know already what you're going to pick for tomorrow? No, not no at idea. all. All right. Not you're not all. allowed to pick songs that you uh, had for other boyfriends or girlfriends. Fair. Fair. Wow. Actually, 
This is like when Roscoe told us rules, and the next day we were like, why do we agree to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. We can figure that out. But that's, that's actually a pretty good wrinkle, actually. Mm. Yeah. Keep it on the up and up. All right, cool. Dan, stick around for a minute. We will catch up. Everybody else, filibuster freestyle 30 day song challenge rolls on. This was the recap of days 24 and 25. Tomorrow is day 26, a song to fall in love to. Paraphrasing, of course. As always, subscribe on Deezer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. List goes on. SoundCloud. Dan, thanks for being on. Cindy, take us out, please. Bye.